0: Jordan's
1: subjective. Jordan's subjective.
0: Jordan's subjective Jordan's subjective Jordan's Subjective Perspective <laughs> Well, uh, you skipped class today. I did skip class today. I waited to say that publicly,
1: so <laughs> I, sh- I can shame you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sick, man. Can you hear me? My voice, it's like... I kind of like my voice when I'm a little bit sick like this. It's deep uh, It's like do asmr like asmr what's that it's like uh it's like a a porn thing like <laughs> it's just like there's no no video associated asmr i don't know what it stands for but it's just like uh like really soft quiet like i don't know sex stories i guess or like so the mcdonald's did a commercial recently with john goodman uh, so, like, it said John Goodman ASMR, and I was like, I thought this was, like, porn. Like, you couldn't just be, like, Burger King porn. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the Hardee's commercials that's basically porn. Uh-huh. They didn't say it, but they, like, McDonald's came out and said it. It's like, listen to John Goodman do ASMR. And, uh, yeah, it's just, like, talking really soft and sensual. Is it, like, a sensual, like, kind of tone yeah. almost? Yeah, and I'm sure there's, like, oh, my yeah, God, dude. Does he talk about the burgers or something? Yeah, like, he's like, talking about the, like, juicy. <laughs> or like shit like that, <laughs>
0: juicy when you dip it in barbecue sauce. Absolutely, like
1: shit like that. But you know, change the words around a little bit, then you got porn.
0: Dude, I might become an AS ASMR. Is yeah, that I'm what I'm sure you're ASMR freelancer. ASMR. Do it, man. Oh, I just I just might have to honestly. Dude. Which, by the way, I, I have your supplements right here. If you do want to oh, take yeah, these, dude, no, I'll take it. these are not anabolic steroids. Uh, he told me. Those are, uh, it's magnesium, calcium, zinc, and then there's like a multivitamin and then some like B, like
1: multi B vitamins or Exc- something. Excluding the white one, they look like dog food. That kind of Yeah, like I kind of do. Food. You know, when I was a kid, I had, I mean, I would say I still do. A weird, um,. I like the smell of dog food, like plain dog food that comes in the bag. I was like, as a kid, I loved it. I always fed our dogs so that I could smell the dog food before I put it in the bowl. No
0: way. Yeah. How much did you like it? Like, would I, if I invited you over to my house when you were younger, would I, like, would you? You wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like, hey
1: man, nice to meet your parents, can I smell your dog food? Like, if I was in a room with just me, your dog, and a bag of dog food. Uh, I wouldn't feed the dog. I'd just smell the dog. Food. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. That's so funny. I don't. I don't. I'm kind of impartial to smell. I'd say. I, actually, I probably don't like it. If I had to say one. If I had to say if I like it or
1: don't like it. Yeah. Everybody what do you think to, of it now? I mean, I haven't had it, like. My family dog died by the time I got to college, and the food my roommates so last year I had two roommates both had their own dogs and so the smell of the food I wasn't like attracted to it or anything because the closet we kept it in was fucking gross and so I, I think it desensitized me but if I you know go home and my parents have a dog damn right I'm going to be feeding that thing (laughs) 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 well you you know we have dogs
0: here so you can Mm. you can fuck around and smell some of that dog food if you want
1: you can pay me for this my time it's just send me home with a a doggy bag
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I didn't know if it like changed over time because they say like your taste buds change over like six months or something like that and and
1: like I'm sure it was very specific dog food that I liked a lot like yeah you know I don't really, like, I haven't actively pursued sniffing dog food recently. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm talking about it, has got me all <laughs> excited.
0: Your you're you're, uh, senses are going to be, like, hyper alert for the next few weeks. Yeah. Just, like, you're oh, walking sorry. by a house, just like, oh, that's not it. Oh. <laughs> that's the greatest thing I've heard all day. Really? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a weird smell. There's definitely, I like the smell of skunks. I do like the smell of skunks. It's uh I've always liked it since yeah. since a young kid. I've just always uh I would say it started that I didn't mind it and then I started to like actually enjoy it. Like but like yeah. if I'm like up close to it, I've smelled it pretty close to where it sprayed, didn't like that. But like the the smell yeah, in the, the air the, if you're driving thing. by on a summer day, like I can I can fuck
1: with that. I'm fine with that. There was a uh so, summer, in between freshman and sophomore year of college, I was a union laborer, like construction worker. Are you told me about that, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, well, it sucked, but, uh, like, I would take, so I was a, I lived in St. Charles County, but I was with the St. Louis County Laborers Union, 42 instead of 110, and, um, and so all the jobs I got were in the city, so I would have to drive to the city from O'Fallon okay. every day, and I would always pass... The dump on seventy and two seventy, I want to say it is. You know, like where that David Busters is. I think that's. 70. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Earth City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earth City. And so, like, right before you get to the two seventy intersection, coming from the city, like, there's a huge dump, like, I mean, two hundred feet over the hill mm-hmm. next to the highway, and it would always like smell really differently. There was one week where I was like, I was like, man, okay, this isn't so bad. It smells like trash, but it's like not horrible. And there was one like. Ever since when that died, there was just Pepto-Bismol smell. Like, it just smelled like Pepto-Bismol and shit. Like, somebody had ate or drank Pepto-Bismol, shit it out, and then put it in the dump, and that was all the it was made all, out of. It.
0: all the city of St. Charles County was doing. Yeah, for <laughs> real.
1: And, like, yeah, and I hated it after that, and I hated doing it. And especially because, like... I, so when I was doing that specific job, I was the night shift, 5.30 p.m. to 3.30 a.m., uh-huh. and so I would be driving back at, like, 4 a.m. and just this fucking Pepto-ass Bismol smell. I'm like, God damn it, man. I'm trying to go home and go to bed. <laughs> I'm just going to be sitting up here thinking about that uh... pink liquid. You know? <laughs> it consumes me in my dreams. I don't think I've had that taste
0: for a long time. Neither have
1: I. I haven't had Pepto-B- Pepto-Bismol in forever, but it's it was, like... Distinct, I knew it immediately. I right. Knew exactly that it, what it was.
0: Well, they, they say that uh, smell is your strongest association with memory, apparently. Really? Out of all the senses. Dude, that would
1: make sense. Like, I mean, okay, yeah. rabbit hole time. Like, I think memories are more associated by, like, how you feel, like, in that moment. Like, if you feel. So, in the same way that you, when you smell something familiar, you automatically are back to wherever the last place you smelled that was. Like, if I smelled something that. Uh, like, reminded me of my house in North County, like, the way a house smells, if I smell that, then I know exactly, like, immediately. It doesn't take, like, man, I know that smell before. Like, I knew exactly where I could recognize it from, or at least, like, feel it, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, Like, vague memories. And so, like, it would make sense to me for that, because, like, there's moments where I'll just, like be listening to a certain song and it'll like take me back to a specific place and like shit like that like my like weird memories come out when i feel the same things i did when it was happening Absolutely. Like i remember the weirdest most random stuff if like i'm feeling or smelling or like seeing something familiar it's like i don't know deja vu most mostly gets associated with things you can like see and memory gets mm-hmm. associated with things you can see a lot but I, I think it personally, for me at least, has more to do with like feeling the things,
0: especially if it's like a very distinct emotion you've made, yeah, like, felt a few yeah. times, like yeah. like a certain type of fear, like fear mm-hmm. for fearful of your your own existence absolutely. being like terminated. Yeah. Like, oh, this is what this feels like. This is what I was like whenever I was under the sheets when I was twelve years old. Totally.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, yeah, that kind of that kind of fear is like, I think the root of, you know, something like that specifically like you know people like a lot of times soldiers who are young like our age call out for their moms when they're sitting there dying like that's that that's the crush they use because we hadn't like people like us would not have felt a fear that was going through them like in between those two moments like in the moment you're super scared as a kid for of the dark or the monster or the boogeyman or whatever Um. that's in your closet And because that's a real genuine fear, like you actually fear for your life and all this stuff. Like as you're a kid, you just don't know better. And then like there's no time in between that where you would feel that kind of like fear again. Maybe there is, but it would still be the same kind of thing. And
0: that's still what your mind's associating with.
1: Absolutely. And so when you get down the line where it's like actual real fear, fear that you're feeling again, it's like you're taken back to that time when you were a kid and you felt this fear for the first time because what else do you know about how to handle this and what happened last time it's like my mom saved me last time I'm gonna we'll call out for my mom and hope that she's over the hill in the fucking bunker mom was the cure mom
0: was the yeah. cure whenever you're growing up mom's the cure whenever you're passing away on the battlefield yeah dude
1: if i was bleeding out in the middle of the battlefield i'd damn sure be crying out for my mom for sure. sure absolutely
0: but Probably, be, yeah, really, and, and just the
1: concept of wanting to be with your loved ones as yeah, well. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Like, I, it's really scary, the thought of, like, I don't know, dying before I want to die, I would say. Like, in this setting that I don't want to die, like, I think about it, like, you know, I'm a really good driver and a safe driver, and I, like, um, I tend to avoid situations, like, putting myself in dumb situations where I could see things going wrong for me and me dying like you know doing just stupid crazy stuff like drinking way too much and like doing you know getting in a ton of fights driving really recklessly I don't know doing heroin shit like that it's like I'm I stay myself away from those because I do have a definite fear of death like before and so I'm kind of going back to the driving thing it's like the thing I fear about it is that it's not about me and what I do. Like, I can protect myself in most situations, but if I'm driving down a two-lane highway in the middle of the night, that guy could be drunk, hits me head on, I'm dead, right there. Nothing, nobody around me. I out can of your out control. Of exactly. Besides the fact
0: that you decided to get on the road, but,
1: like, yeah, you absolutely. couldn't have
0: anticipated that.
1: 100%, and, like, that's a risk. Like, I, it's just a calculated risk that uh, I take. I mean, I still do drink and drink that enough that I could get myself in bad situations, but that's a calculated risk I take uh, as well, so... I think, you know... Obviously, there's people that are afraid of going outside. I forget what that specific phobia is, but they feared the outside world and what it could do to them. And so, like, I think that's just a more level of control than, like... I don't know. I feel like the more kind of stupid stuff you do, and I only use stupid in my sense. Like, Uh I'm calling it stupid, but to other people, it's probably 100% rational. Um, Like, you take less and less control of your situation and specifically your life in, is in regards to this conversation. Like, you take less control over your life the more risks you take. And so the, the people that are afraid to go outside have complete control over their lives and are taking very little risk outside of their own mental health. Um. And the guy that drives drunk is um, taking risks and uh, not in control of his life whatsoever. <laughs> So, way less, yeah, Way less conscious risks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I personally, I, I tend to play it a lot safer than I used to. I think, I'm like, I and I think that's just part of growing up for me, at least.
0: True, true. Like I said, calculated risks as yeah. well. And actually, going back to the uh, what you were saying with like association with like memory and emotions, uh-huh. there's actually like a concept in psychology called mm-hmm. congruent memory. And that so it's like totally a thing yeah which it, it really does make sense whenever you're in that totally. s- that particular state of mind then it triggers a different thought absolutely I, I feel like that's that's really prevalent amongst like
1: creative thinking as well absolutely absolutely I think it is uh, my brother is real creative and he is like um, he's had a has a phenomenal memory of just the littlest things like specifically uh, like to do with our family and like obviously like movie quotes and stuff like that but more specific, specifically just stuff that like he was two years younger than me and i was at the age where i could remember this and i don't but he's sitting there telling the story word for word and wow and he's a real creative mind and so i i think that that it absolutely makes sense like being able to see things more vividly and like in touch with Feelings and what those feelings, like, mean, is what I would say. And I think that's a creative, like, creative person quality is to be, like, in touch with the feel- feelings and what they would mean as opposed to... That's a to, good
0: point. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. To be able to, yeah, tap into
1: that emotion and then... Yeah. Be able a- to acknowledge that emotion it. Yeah. for,
0: like, energy kind of...
1: Absolutely. And, like, yeah, obviously with, with that, you see art, like, you know, artists create shit that means artists create shit that means shit to them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, and so they're taking their feelings, acknowledging them, absorbing them and then showing them to everybody else that can see them in their art. And uh, and so I think that requires a real in depth touch with like yourself, your memory, your feelings and uh-huh. stuff like that. And So I can definitely see the create people who are more creative minded, uh, having qualities like that. And
0: that's just my logic. So just out of curiosity, do you remember where you were whenever 9-11 happened? No, I do Because we're kind of at the age, like, we're kind of like the last <laughs> drop-off. Oh, I, absolutely. I barely remember. I was in kindergarten, yeah. and I had uh, afternoon class, and it happened that morning. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, it, it's weird because that's, like, the only memory I have back of, like, kindergarten then. Actually, it's weird. I thought of this because I was thinking about this yesterday, but did you ever do this in kindergarten? Or Dude, this? Not really. I, my teacher would make me like sit here. Apparently, it associates the two sides of your brain a lot more, makes really? them work together cohesively. I don't know. We mm-hmm. literally just sit here in the dark and just lay there for like twenty minutes. Like that's crazy. In
1: that's but, cool though. I like that like idea. It's I mean it's kind of like meditation light. Yeah, it kind of, of is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like that idea.
0: But but as far as like nine eleven is interesting art like the age we're at because like. You, you talk to people and ask them like do you remember where you were and mm-hmm. some people remember and some people don't and probably the only reason I remember wasn't that I actually like was able to like comprehend like the severity of the situation yeah. and how like how fucking real it was Absolutely. but I think I was able to be receptive and understanding of like my parents emotions of like Oh my god, this yeah. just happened like like I think that's the main reason I remember what happened because just seeing your your mom like in that much fear at that yeah. point in time it's like totally this shit's real
1: yeah. Yeah my parents said they picked me and Danny my little brother up from school but I don't remember I don't remember it at all And I think <laughs> you know now that I'm saying that I kind of do remember being like taken into the like a wing of my school and then putting something on. Like, putting it on the, like, a, am not sure if that was the 9-11 or something else. I think it might have been, like, explaining it. Okay. Yeah, like, a couple of days after or whatever. But my parents said they picked me up from school, because I don't really have a distinct memory of that, but that's because it didn't mean anything to me. Like, I'm sure I was aware of what was going on, like, oh, planes crashed into some skyscrapers in New York. That looks like a movie. And uh, True. And, and so it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't, like, think about the... You know, people who were jumping off the side of the buildings committing suicide or the meaning for the next 10 years of U.S. <laughs> politics or any... And none of that occurred to me, and so it was not a significant memory for me.
0: Yeah, that's wild. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I, yeah, I guess you just can't comprehend at that age. Yeah. Actually, I just learned this yesterday, because yesterday was 9-11, but uh, yeah. uh, apparently... Like the people that were like above so I don't even remember what, what floor the planes actually hit. Yeah. But the people that were on like the floors above actually lived by like fall like falling down. Oh really? Like a lot of people That's did. That's crazy. I did
1: not know that until yeah. yesterday. That's insane. Dude, can I can I spew some conspiracy, conspiracy theories on this podcast? We Absolutely. Know, like, Is this a nine eleven? Yes, it's a nine eleven conspiracy. Absolutely. Theory. And so Tower seven, bro! Exactly, man. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. I am very much a skeptic. I'm, I'm. I'm saying this to you, listener. I don't have to explain it to him. I am very much a skeptic of everything I hear. I consider myself a very objective and reasonable person. Uh, and you're more than welcome to reach out to me at Patty White with an Y instead of an H and I on any social media platform if you want to fucking debate me about this. <laughs> but uh, come on, pussy. <laughs> <you> know, <man. laughs> I see your Twitter fingers. Uh,
0: <laughs> Twitter fingers. <laughs> uh,
1: shout out, Drake. But, uh... So, I've been on Reddit a lot, and I got on a conspiracy subreddit, and, it's, and that's all, uh, all bullshit. Just, like, you know, people that make stuff up are, are really out of touch with reality and stuff like that, but I didn't know about Building 7 in New York, and, uh... Like... I watched, like, a short 10-minute video of all these, like... So, okay, so the way it started is they were like, the thread was like, remember Building 7, blah, 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 it's like just a reminder, because everybody who's been here already knows our, you know, circle jerk about Building 7 and this, like, thread, and uh, so we're going to bring it back up and educate the new people, blah, 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 and so I read all this article and stuff, and I watched this video um, of, like, it was, like, uh, witnesses on the ground in New York, like. Uh, structural engineers and, uh, like, professors and economists and shit like that, and uh, it really seems like legit, like a legit video. Like, I wouldn't, you know... Not one of those, like, outlandish... Exactly, not a flat-earther video where it's just like, look at this, like, we can skepticize this based on this, but no, like, structural engineers got on, and it's like, that was a controlled demolition. There's literally no way any debris... Can like had any effect on that building structure? It fell straight down the, in the way that demolitions do, and uh, the building was completely unoccupied at the time. It was evac- no planes hit it. No, no planes hit it. They, like they, I'm pretty sure they say that a fire caused it in the inside of it to burn. But Bullshit. It, yeah, but there's no way. Even if a fire like if, if a fire starts in the northeast corner and eventually spreads through the first floor. The first thing to fall is going to be the northeast corner. Uh Like, the whole building is made out of the same shit. There there was, like, no difference in the plans or anything. And so, like, that... I just don't believe it. I don't know if it's a conspiracy... Like, I don't know what it means. I have no fucking idea. Like, that's obviously way above my head and completely forgotten and will not be investigated anytime soon. But I just don't... I don't believe that what the government said about it is true. That's, that's the only basis for it. I don't know if it's a I'm very skeptical of, as well. Yeah, and so, in that thread they were talking about, like, it was... One of the theories was that that was where the, like, that building was where they had the archives for, like, uh, financial documents for, like, CIA class stuff, and one was, like, I think it was, like, called Project, like, Black Eagle or something, something black, something. Okay. And it was, like, like, $4 billion lost. And that's what they were trying to cover up. Which, and so that is that is skepticism. Like, I, I don't believe that either. That's just the most common, you know, uh, shout into the void from the people that think these things. And um, so I don't really know what happened, but I definitely don't think it was caused by the planes hitting the Twin Towers. I think it was definitely... Um, A controlled demolition? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know who did it. I don't know if the U.S. government did it. Uh, it would make the most sense, considering they never acknowledged it, uh, and, like, never did any investigation or whatever, so... That is bizarre. Yeah, and, and, and like, that's just the thing. Like, I... It's too bizarre to not question is the only thing. Absolutely, like, yeah. There's not a single thing other on that subreddit that I have ever taken for more than just shit to talk about on the internet. They've
0: also found, uh, according to Zeitgeist, which is this documentary, yeah. uh, I, I apparently they found the IDs of one of the individuals who crashed the plane into, like, on the streets of New York City. Yeah. Like, one of the people that hijacked the planes and hit 9 11, or hit the Twin Towers, I apologize. Uh, they found their ID on the streets of New York City.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, how did that get there? That yeah. would definitely have burned up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no,
0: that would have exploded with the plane.
1: Um, yeah, it's weird. Like, it made me, it definitely, I, I was a, you know, I'm a little bit of a hippie when it comes to the government. I don't necessarily trust them and I don't think the, the fat cats in power have any of my basic interests in mind. Um, um, Why would they? Yeah, absolutely. They'd like, And specifically the state of politics now, like, that every politician is a career politician. Like, I am very, very staunch Democrat, liberal, very, very liberal. But um, I fucking hated Hillary, man. I didn't want to vote for her. She was, like, taking as much money from people as the worst GOP candidates were. And she was very much a part of the institution, and I don't think she would have brought about change. Bernie Sanders, that that man would have made... Second best president of the last eight years, <laughs> but he would have been great. And uh, uh, but anyways, I completely forgot my point to that. I'm talking about, uh, oh, and, and so state of politics now, like specifically the GOP is very much based on uh, manipulation of the voters as opposed to helping the voters and having what's their best interest in mind. Um, and it does kind of seem what it's. Doing dissuade voters. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. Like, it, it is brilliant. They, the GOP currently, what they're doing is some of the most brilliant politics and political maneuvering that's ever been done. Um, but it's manipulative. Yeah, it's manipulative and not what the American government is like. That's our, our basis is that we're the best democracy in the world. We went to wars in other countries to prove that our way of doing things is the best way to do things. And now we're doing our things so shittily. That it's just like any anywhere else. It's like there there are definitely a hundred percent like sprinkles of fascism in the current um, state of American politics. I think they'll change. I don't think I have like a lot of faith in a lot of the American people, especially young people. Uh-huh. Young people always bring about change, and uh, the change always follows the young people and what the young people are thinking, specifically college students. And uh, it feels like now. Like, there's almost a united front for, like, help. Like, for from college students, like, even if you're pro-gun, you see that there are problems with the way we do gun control. Like, and that those problems need to be fixed as opposed to, ah, like, oh, no, fuck off, let me have these guns. Like, this is America, I get to do what I want. Like, that's not the way educated college students argue for, against gun control. Like, and so, I can see the change happening. Like, you know, people, like, uh... Oh, I, I like I think it's Christina Oserio Cortez, who ran and beat a four-time sitting Republican senator. She's like 28, 29, and uh, super liberal. Like went knocking door to door, just like rallying people around her and knocking door to door herself. Yeah, herself. She went out door to door like for a, like months straight. She, I remember I followed her like after she had won, and she was posting pictures of like her campaign shoes that she wore every day, and they were like holes in the bottle bottom of them because she was out there walking knocking door to door every day. Oh, wow. and, and I've done that stuff. I, like, for Prop A, uh, I was going door to door this summer, I was out canvassing in front of DMVs last summer in Springfield, which was miserable, but like, that is the kind of, that's that's real democracy, and that's stuff I can get behind, like, 100%. And mm. Republicans aren't doing that. Republicans are buying airtime to slander their opponents and uh, bolster the support for Trump. <laughs> Have you seen the, uh, There is a campaign video for a guy, I'm pretty sure it was in Florida, that his entire campaign is just based on, uh, like, Trump love. Like, he's sitting there reading to his kid. He's like, like, Mark Jacobs is a family man. And then he's sitting there reading to his kid and he's like, my favorite, like, and then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I like that part. That's that's a direct quote from that commercial and shit that's like that. Bizarre. And that's all it bizarre. is.
0: It's literally all it is. And so. So I'm assuming the the uh, I guess
1: voters he's trying to appeal to are very Republican. Yeah, absolutely. And like they can do that because of how staunch the support for Trump is. And like that's the only that, avenue for the GOP right now. Like if you're a Republican, then you support Donald Trump. Donald Trump, because that's what it is. And that's the way the GOP and whoever is running Trump's campaign, because you know it's not him, uh. Uh, is doing. And they're doing it brilliantly, and it's working. But I personally have faith in the uh, uh, the future. I think. Um, I think now more than ever, people are young people are getting involved. I think, sp- like with this election, especially the uh, percentage of young people that go out and vote are going to be increased exponentially from last uh, election. Even the uh, 2012. What do you think the reasoning for that is? Well, we're fed up, man. Like with the smart people can see that there's something wrong. Like in the college college kids are, like, the smart people with a fresh perspective, and they always have been. The people protesting the Vietnam Vietnam War were college kids. Pe- uh-huh. People slaughtering the Ho Chi Minh massacre were uh, like college kids protesting the communist government, like in protesting Mao and um. Like not Ho Chi Minh, Tiananmen Square, and uh, but like students have always been the face of
0: change. So, like, what do you costumes. think? What change do you think this millennial population will bring?
1: I think that like I think it... like liberal policies have like not specifically Democratic or Republican. Liberal policies always find their way in as people increase because. The liberal policies are like, at least specifically in America, are a lot more based around helping people, okay. and um, like, I, and again, that like expands the government, which is a liberal thing to do. Like conservatism means no government, you don't want any uh, like interference or whatsoever. But that leaves a huge gap for people to take advantage of people. Like uh, that capitalism, which is what America was founded upon, is the reason slavery existed. It's the reason the Civil War started. Is because like capitalism allowed you to own a person and so what about a free market with regulations I I, that's kind of what we have now Uh, Um, I don't I have no possible idea how to do it differently but it's it doesn't feel like a free market it feels like if you're going to sell something countrywide then you have to either play ball with the corporations or get bought out by the corporations like, mm. there's no way for you to push a product. Like, okay, maybe in the last five years it's, it's expanded with the internet and being able to create your own website and sell your own stuff. But uh-huh. if you're trying to create a large company, you're either going to get bought out by the competition you're stealing from a corporation because guaranteed whatever business you're going to get into, there is a corporation that's already involved in it. Right. Um, and so, like, or you're going to sell your stuff to them or through them. Like, if you're, if I invent a... Uh, Really cool water glass. Then I have to sell it at Bed Bath and Beyond in order to get any sales whatsoever. Mm. Um, and so, like, it's all about corporations and corporations. A lot of them, most of them, especially the huge, huge ones, are based on uh, manipulating people and manipulating demand. Like, supply and demand is no longer about supply and demand. It's about creating demand. That's okay. a, that's the whole purpose of marketing. Like, and is creating a demand that isn't there. Like four people so, so I this is not a free market that we're in what do you think about this the I guess the push
0: to the consumerism that's being pushed upon us like this minimalist movement that
1: seems to be like so, so the minimalist or the consumerism like so I, I feel like the the past especially since like the 60s whenever Walmart's
0: been around mm-hmm. and whatever like uh, the consumerism push that you're referring to I feel like there's starting to be kind of like a pull to that push to kind of yeah. like balance
1: things out and like minimalism like what, what are your thoughts on that yeah i think like uh, again like there's a lot of young people that are anti-corporation because with a fresh perspective on things mm-hmm. like and being educated and smart and like we don't have like our minds set on anything yet like our morals and goals are not necessarily concrete as a whole obviously there's people that are uh-huh. um, and but like we, I th- feel, as a collective, educated college mo- millennial, um, are growing more and more suspicious of corporations and more and more fo- focused on the human side of those corporations. Because like, mm. we live that mm. and we've been in that. Like, I don't I don't know. I can't speak on the like prevalence of how important branding and corporations were, I mean, even 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but it feels like it's way more important now. Like, you see like like, Nike created a shitstorm with the Kaepernick ad. Like, a shitstorm that took over American culture for... I mean, it still is, and it's, like, a week later. Um, that's... Be- like, they only did that because they're a corporation, and they have that kind of power. Like, mm. they have the power to create something like that just by making a statement about something that really doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean anything to their corporation. I mean, it doesn't mean right, anything right. about their product. It doesn't mean anything they just about... They knew there would be maybe, some hype around it. Absolutely. And so, like... <laughs> I don't know. I, it just... Overall, I agree with the, like, staying away from consumerism. I think it helps, um, like, happiness overall. Like... For the individual. Yeah, for the individual, for sure. Um, like, you know, you're never going to be happy if there's always something else that you want. And if people are constantly telling you what you want, i.e. marketers, advertisements, uh-huh. um, then... You have no basis to make that decision for yourself, and so I think it would be tough to like, be satisfied with life. Absolutely. And I'm definitely a victim of consumerism, for sure. I got an Apple phone. I'm not going to buy anything but Apple. I just went and bought this really expensive coffee. Does it looked good. It tasted good. I like <laughs> that place. This is a little different than our corporation. I, I, I do my best to support. But the concept business. of consumerism. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, And I definitely fall victim to it, uh, but that's... Like, it's impossible not to. Like, if you don't do that in America, then, like, you live under a hole. If you don't have Twitter as a 21-year-old, then you, what are you doing, man? It's like, funny you say it. that,
0: because, like, I don't have Snapchat, and yeah. I, I just refuse to have it. I've always been that way. And uh I just—honestly, it, it just comes from a point of view that I just don't really think anybody gives a shit what I'm doing with my life or my time. Yeah, and—, and But, like, I, I remember telling somebody this, like, literally just met this dude— this night and he turns around and presents to the rest of the room this guy doesn't have snapchat can you believe that how weird is that and i was just i was just sitting there i was like am i crazy or are you the one crazy yeah for real i'm not saying the rest of the public's crazy for having snapchat but like i just thought it was funny because one of my roommates
1: he replies to me he's like no i actually think it's kind of cool he doesn't have snapchat i was like yeah (laughs) yeah that like shit like that it's like if I made my own shoes and went out, somebody would be like, yo, this guy makes his own shoes. He doesn't buy exactly flip-flop. Like, what is this guy doing with his life? Like, you cannot not buy into consumerism if you live in the United States. And I, I, it's definitely spreading elsewhere, for sure. Um, but, like, the United States, I, it's ridiculous. Like, if you don't buy into the consumerism lifestyle, then you're an outcast and you're weird.
0: Well, I feel like ultimately the truth will always be the most prevalent, and it'll always overcome any, like, bullshit. Absolutely. And I, I really do think the truth as far as, like, a good philosophy to live, I guess, your your most satisfied life mm-hmm. would be to just be content with what you have and Absolutely. to find uh, contentment amongst, like, your current circumstances and the, the possessions you possess and 100%. the people in your life. So, I think with this access of information, there, there will eventually, I think the change will take slow amount of time, but Absolutely. I think I think this insatiable desire to consume, consume, consume will, will uh, start to balance out.
1: I completely agree. Like, I think the yeah, truth does fight a way. Like, you know, even 50 years ago, people thought it was witchcraft to, like, someone of the same sex. And now, over time, it's just slowly, like, revealed that the truth is just like, oh, no, they're just like people. And so, like, that was the truth that slowly got changed. And um and that same mentality that goes with that i feel like that that's at least
0: with me the reason like like if if two girls want to hook up or two guys want to hook up my mentality i'm like yo you do you like is that making you happy yeah that's making you happy okay you do you like and i would say that that you do you kind of like mindset that Uh at least that i hold for other
1: people it like applies to like a ton of different
0: things as well totally
1: absolutely and like i think that's a very healthy mindset to have and i think that's a big one uh it at least in my experience with young people as well. Like I think it's a lot more. Um, like I feel like one, we're less nosy. Um, like it, so in the Midwest, obviously everybody knows like what you're, what's going on. Like I lived it. We lived in St. Louis, and I had you know family members that would know about gossip about my small or somebody else's family that would spread to me and I'd spread to blah 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 and whatever and that's like a very Midwestern thing. Really? That's exclusively to the midwest? Yeah. It's, it's not like, really as well much not necessarily not necessarily but like in New York nobody gives a shit about anybody or what anybody else is doing. Like, but here it's like, oh, your neighbor is getting divorced? I can't believe that. That I saw that guy drinking, like, out pissed drunk on the porch about a week ago. It's kind
0: of like the big school mentality versus the small school mentality. Yeah, totally.
1: And um, and I think, you know, at least while we're young, I, uh, I think what I've observed is that young people t- tend to kind of stay away from that. There's a whole lot of, like, you just do you, I'm just going to do me. Stuff, but obviously there's people who I would consider more immature that aren't like that, that are very much uh, interested in other people's lives and business, and uh, as opposed to their own lives and businesses and what makes them happy. Um, but I, I do think that. Where do you? Sorry to cut you off, but where do you think yeah. that derives
0: from? That interest in other people's lives almost more than your own personal lives, like this gossip mentality.
1: Well, I definitely think it like specifically could come from insecurities like with yourself there's a reason like bullies like almost all bullies have uh, like trauma in their life or problems at home or with a different part of their life that they don't want to focus on so they take whatever feelings they're having out on somebody else or to distract themselves from their own lives and problems they like to talk about other people yeah
0: kind of like discontentment with your yeah. with your like aspects of yourself or totally. your own personal circumstances mm-hmm. uh, that's a really cool perspective or yeah. boredom
1: bored yeah, them maybe totally absolutely Yeah, if you get bored it's really easy like it's really easy to judge people when you have nothing else to do I would say it's weird how that manifests itself in hate yeah and yeah, absolutely it's so weird the like me myself the less I judge people the less like you know more content I was with myself mm-hmm. and like less hate I found myself feeling for sure and I think that's a common theme. like you know in the same way of consumerism, you're never going to be happy with yourself if you're too focused on other people. Like...
0: Keeping up with other people. Yeah,
1: absolutely. If you're more concerned with, uh... like, berating Jimmy for something that uh, he does that you think is lame, then you're not going to worry about the things that are going on at your house and home that are making you uncomfortable and scared as a person. Um...
0: Do you think that's like an innate nature of human beings to kind of always be on the the pursuit of desiring something and like this
1: discontentment with with what you have at that point in time? Yeah, I think I think it like Obviously, we are just animals, and animals are always seeking to live more comfortably. And then, so we, as a species, have,
0: like, constantly, so that we
1: have to worry about more and more stuff. Like, once we established, like, how to make tools in order to make our own houses, we made bigger houses and ones that uh, were easier to live in and more efficient and all this stuff. And we just built and built and built so that we didn't have to worry about things we had to worry about fifty, hundred, four hundred thousand years ago, so we could focus on other things. And so when we get to the point of like like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, when you get to when you satisfy all the needs and get to self actualization and you don't have that, that's where the judgment comes from. Like, uh like when you don't have self-actualization, self-actualization. Like when you're not, it, it, or it pro- could be even esteem. Like if you're not happy with yourself, like all these needs of safety and physiological needs are are satisfied. Like you can worry about other stuff. And then if you have low self-esteem or uh, no uh, comfort, comfortability with yourself, then you will look to satisfy that need elsewhere. And I think that can manifest itself in judgment and hate and uh, gossip and things like that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. As within, so without. Yeah. Actually, it's really
1: true. It totally, really, really
0: true. Totally is. Actually on that on a similar topic, something I wanted to talk to you about. You uh you kinda mentioned that you had like a really angry side to you whenever yeah. it, that would like manifest itself whenever you played sports. And I'm kinda curious because I have the same thing and I've I've yeah. learned how to control that a lot more as far as like playing sports yeah is concerned, but like like off the field, I'm, I'd be like the most chill dude ever. Absolutely. But like on the field, it's like, I want to win. Like, 100%. I want to win. And like it would bring out, not all the time, but, like it was consistent for a very uh, short duration of time. But like it, it is definitely come out at, at other points in times where I've like in soccer, which is something you just don't do, I've like picked kids up and thrown them on the ground. And yeah. I've, I've learned to kind of control that, uh, I guess that. that Dark side of myself, like at least while playing sports. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was definitely a thing for me. Like, I definitely was more relaxed and happy and nice off the field than I was on the field. And like, I thought it was kind of a release. I it was almost therapeutic, like for me. And I, I definitely learned to control it a lot. Um, I think playing football at CBC humbled me a lot because I couldn't be a hothead because I I sucked in comparison to all these guys that are now playing D one football, and so. Uh, I had to stay chill, and it taught me that it's like, I don't need to get mad to be good at football or good at sports or anything. And so, like, you know, I I definitely, I even then, even when I was a hothead on the field, I, I would control it to, like, games against opponents, like um. as opposed to, like, there were some times in practice where you can get heated and stuff, but that I, I think it's just normal. But the real, like, expression of that, like... Energy was um, when I play people I didn't know when the guy across from me was a guy that I'm never gonna see again I can tell him he sucks at football and then lays out true No problem. No problem. I have no guilt in this. This is my release uh, and so like, you know, I, I Definitely didn't feel that outside of playing opponents, but even Even on top of that there was still more aggression and more competitiveness than I have now. Like uh-huh. now, going to play pickup basketball is not a big deal. We could be getting crushed, and I, I don't mind. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah, and that's just that's just a personal trait that I've developed. What do you th- so What do you think it de- like derives from? Do you think it's like your
0: desire to win, or do you think it's like just like like pure aggression? I'm just it, like, where does that aggression? Mean? Like, why does it? I think it's so. like
1: I've uh, I've pretty high confidence. I would say, especially in sports. You what? I have I have high confidence.
0: Do you think it was conceit at any points? I do. I definitely know. Oh, yeah. With me, at least, it's like like there have been some cocky sides. Like yeah. to where I mean, I'm I'm confident in my soccer abilities. Yeah. Really, so I'm definitely confident in them. But like like there will be times where it'll come out if I like start competing with somebody, they start talking trash. I'm like, dude, I will cross you over. Like yeah. like I'll beat you on the field and then I'll kick your ass right absolutely. after. You know, like yeah.
1: And that is definitely like the kind of like trash talk I would do in games. Like absolutely like purely egotistical like I will beat you kind of mentality like in I didn't you know I would talk a little smack like start stuff but it was bad it was only ever bad when the other person would start it or say something back which you know is just the natural order of (laughs) escalating uh Altercations. It is weird how things
0: escalate yep. in sports. Like, it, it could literally start with nothing sometimes. Yeah. I would say most of the time, like, the other person would start, but I definitely had no problem with continuing it. Yep. I, I had no problem with that.
1: Yeah, like, and I loved that. I loved that. I and, did too. Altercation. And I loved it even more because, especially, like, my the worst times I would do was playing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loved it especially because we were ridiculously good. Like, and I wasn't necessarily great, but. Everyone around me was too good not to acknowledge, so, like, it was just really easy to talk smack. Like, you know, it's like, we are just better than you. I am better than you at football. You cannot say anything to me. Look at that scoreboard. What does that scoreboard say, man? Like, uh-huh. stuff like that. It's just, like, it's so much fun to, like, talk trash when you're winning and have the backup. Like, it's,
0: it's, like, competitive nature. I think absolutely. that's where a lot of
1: it comes from I the desire agree. to win. Yeah. And that's something they foster in you, and especially at CDC, that place is like, they, you know, goddamn boot camp for football. That is a powerhouse. Oh, as far I, as high school football goes, that is a powerhouse. Dude, even we didn't win a state championship until I won my senior year in all of history. And even before that, like, when I was, dude, when I was a freshman, they had these, like, the guys that played football, they went to the state championship and lost. But, like, these guys were idols, man. The quarterback looked like, you know, goddamn Marcus Mariota. He's tall, great-looking dude, chiseled chin, and, like, he was, like, a god of this school. And, like, there were tons of guys like that on the football team. And then, you know, uh, we go through the same exact prestigious program, and I'm sure those freshmen looked at us the same way. Probably not me. I was really fat and, and, like, not that god-looking. But there were guys I'm sure that they, like, looked up to as, like, products of this incredibly strenuous program. Because it was, man. Like, during school year, the workouts started at 5:40 a.m. Uh, so we could get done before class, and then workouts for three hours after. And like, so it, it was it was a grueling test of like skill as a football player, I would say, and uh, Probably mental strength. Oh, absolutely! I, mental 100%. endurance, all perseverance. Of, yeah. Like it, I could talk about the great things that playing sports has done for me for weeks. Like it it you know, you could start at the beginning. We were, we were talking about that the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Like, the very beginning, making me, like, interact with people socially and getting me used to social situations and growing that, like, drive to succeed in me and then more recently, it's just like, like, playing football in high school, it's like, I can be a part of something. Like, I'm just a member of this team and I'm not the strongest member of this team, but I'm going to do my job and we will succeed based on that. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that football specifically has taught me. It's like, Like it taught me to work hard, even if you're not getting recognized. I was an old lineman, man. You don't get your names in the papers as an old lineman, and so. uh, But I, Opened holes for the guys that would get on KSDK with their highlights and shit like that. And so it's like there's me, mom, mom, there's me. (laughs) Absolutely, it was so funny. The uh, like two practices before we went to the state championship, you have a week off, and KSDK came out and filmed our practice and stuff, and. Uh they were doing interviews with quarterback Blake Charlton Kalen Taylor running back uh Trey Bryant who's running back at Nebraska who actually just retired from football like uh he had a knee injury and so he has to give it up which sucks because he was wow dude he was he was crazy stud he knee was, injury that's a fear man. mine yep I'm yep. not gonna lie and it'd be, be an irrational one mm-hmm. wow no yeah it's and like that, that's the consequences you get playing probably the roughest sport not on ice <laughs> And so, uh, I I just think it it did a lot of good for me, total. And, like, you know, I I would say, expanding from football, like, playing rugby, Um, it taught me a lot about being a leader. Like, I was a captain, and even when I wasn't a captain, I was still, like, the integral part of the team and, like, team chemistry and shit like that. And so, that kind of, like, I was a follower in a, you know, do my job kind of person in football, but in rugby, it was like, I, I'm, the buck stops with me, and so, it was, sports taught me a lot about responsibility, like, there were times when I was in middle school, where I would be, like, faking, like, I still had to do homework, so I could get out of football practice, and my parents would be like, no, you committed to this, you have to go, and that taught me about commitment, like, I, I still think, I, like, we're talking about memories, I can still remember what the field looked like and what van I was in, which of my parents' vans I was in, when I was sitting there doing, uh, like it was vocab, uh, and it was like out of the workbook, I forget what they were called, but they had a different one for every year, different color and stuff, and um, I mean, this was seventh grade, but uh, like, I I just remember that. It's like, I can't go back on commitments. Like that's something that, you know, being committed to sports has taught me. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sports, it could be like being committed to chess club, bands, like, I, I have or of, a, a certain goal that you set yeah, for yourself. absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a million ways to learn the lessons that I've learned, but I learned them through sports. And so I have a great respect for what uh, sports specifically has done for me. And, you know, I love being athletic. I love being able to run whenever I want to run or, like, you know, pick up things that are heavy. <laughs> like, it's fun. I like doing it.
0: And think about how much better you probably feel about yourself, too. Like, it just, oh, absolutely. In, in the
1: aspect, like, you're like, yo...
0: I have the, the discipline to commit to something and Absolutely. then stick with that fucking commitment 100%. enough to like actually do it. And then when i reach that goal, it's like, you can look at yourself and be like, wow, I actually did it. Like, yeah. like that, that just, you're going to, you're going to have a way better self image and a lot more self confidence. Like, like for example, like I, I, I know with, uh, with sports that's really helped me like implement, like. Like, when I say something, I'm going to do it. There's there's an Eminem line. It's like, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't give a damn what you think. Yeah. I'm doing this for me, so fuck the world, feed it beans, it's gas stuff, is stopping me, I'm gonna be what I set out to be, without a doubt, undoubtedly, I, I, Bars. I, just can rap it, so I might as well, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it, but, uh, <laughs> forgot where I was even going with it. uh, but, oh, like, 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 after college, I planned at least, bare minimum, get my blue belt in jujitsu, mm-hmm. and, like, I know I'm gonna do that, yeah, because, like, I've gained that discipline, and that, that knowing knowing to myself that i'm going to commit to something because i i feel like you meet a lot of people here in college that since college is very undisciplined point in life Mm -hmm. i feel like for most people um a lot of people will like you could tell they feel a little bit shittier about who they are because they're like oh yeah like i i've been wanting to do this but instead i've been going out and drinking with my buddies or like i've been meaning to do this it's like like, you can't stick with the commitment, you know? Yeah,
1: it's the first chance a lot of people get to, like, it, to self-discipline themselves. Like, it was the first chance I got, and it took me a minute to, like, realize that chance and what I had to do with it in order to get what I won. But, you know, going back to sports, I, I learned that through, like, the hardships I went through with sports and the payoff I get. It taught me to be committed to things even when they're hard. And self-discipline myself, even when it has nothing to do with, like, satisfaction, even if it's just, like, getting grades. Like, you know, it's important to grind so that you can, you know, have payoff in the end. And that's something that sports taught me. Like, and what you were saying, like, the, like, sports teaching you self-discipline and stuff. Like, I use that. I actually, I wanted to talk about that. Like, the... I have good discipline, like, self-discipline, and, like, I'm conscious of how to accomplish my goals because of, uh, not just because of sports, but sports, like, led me to that. Uh It really started with, like, the weight loss, like, realizing it's like, oh, I can do, I can do this easy. I just got to think about it and try, and, like, that led to, you know, um... Like stopping quit SIGs and like getting myself back on track after like three months of shitty workouts and stuff like that. Like, I will use these kind of skills that are based in like my early years, early sports, years. Yeah. yeah, with sports throughout my entire life. Like, and this is the I have great pride in my like self perseverance, and that all started back when I was a kid my parents were forcing me to go football practice even when I didn't want to honestly
0: like like not in a nostalgic way but it's like like okay remember that season at CBC like yeah. where I persevered that se- like, like I, it's within me like I yeah. know
1: I can do it like absolutely that gives you a lot of confidence totally it, it really does it only builds up like after like you know, when I was quitting six, I was like, I lost a hundred pounds, man. I could do this shit easy. This is so, this is so easy. And so I just did it because I knew I could. And so it's so like filling to have that. And I feel like a lot of people don't like, you know, uh, people with addictive personalities, uh, are oftentimes people without uh, self drive, I think. And, mm. and so, uh, if they haven't learned to contain it, of course. Absolutely, and uh, and I hundred percent, there are things that are addictive that you can get addicted to that are out of your control. A hundred percent, and I'm not saying that all addicts are just missing the self-drive. That's not that's not at all what I think. But
0: like, <laughs> dude, go read some self-help books, yeah, bro. Come on, bro. <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. You'll get off heroin within a week. Yeah, come on. Read some Tony Robbins, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: but like you know the kids that. Uh, sit at home and smoke weed every day and miss class and and, then don't try to make up for it or anything like that's just a lack of drive and a lack of doing what needs to be done like in order uh, you know I I think you're creating a demon there too absolutely and in in either way you go you're only going to build upon what you do like if you keep repeating that kind of behavior it's only going to you know keep building upon itself and getting worse and worse in the same sense that when like my behavior I'm keep building on that gets better and better and you know I find that the my way in, is the way that could possibly and probably lead to a more fulfilling life than the way of the former absolutely absolutely honestly I pitied those uh kind of a
0: question yeah absolutely I might that you on your podcast oh go for it dude Word, man don't judge me I, quit six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it I quit six um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I, I feel, I have a lot of pity for those people that, like, their parents allowed them that escape route to, like, quit yeah. a sport. Like, at least, like, mid-season. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like, they didn't force them to, uh, not that you should force your kids through a lot of stuff, but, like, like you Is said, like, if they make can... that commitment, they, like, Absolutely. make them stick with that shit.
1: Yeah, I hated my parents for doing that to me, but now here I am, you know. 21 and like thinking back on it and I was like that was some of the best parenting that they had done and so um, I think Like obviously at the time I let them know that I hated it But it's got to be so hard like I it probably sucked for them Like I cannot imagine how like nice and sweet my mom was to like Force me to do that and know that I hated it at the time even though she knew that's what was best and like it probably sucked at the time because I was mad at her for it, and that's not in. But she knew better. She it's, probably didn't take
0: it too seriously because she had that
1: understanding. Absolutely. That she didn't possess. And like I, I kind of like you know, I don't look forward to that as an adult. But I'm glad that I know. I'm glad that I know that it takes some push uh, when you're shaping a young man or woman, when it to realize the good things, and so I really appreciate my parents for doing that for me. Love you mom. Shut up. Mom. Don't look at me, Julian. <laughs> I quit SIGs. Yeah,
0: Actually, uh, going back on like that that like inner anger, there's been like a topic I've been like very interested in lately. Yeah. And it you know, there's a, there's a Carl Jung like quote that's mm-hmm. pretty prevalent to it, but knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darknesses of other people.
1: Oh, absolutely. And,
0: it, like, dude, that shit is so true. Because if, like, if you're a weak person or if you're, like, a harmless person, that's all you can be. And whenever you encounter that, like, kind of more um, manipulative or malevolent, like, evil force of somebody that's going to... Uh, Maybe like persuade you to do something. You're just gonna like acquiesce and surrender to them, and be like, you know what? Like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with conflict. And you're just gonna be like overly agreeable. Versus if you can like develop that that inner beast, that like, uh, what do you want to call it? Inner uh, inner demon, whatever. And get comfortable and tame that. Yeah. With uh with a some a hint of morality as well (laughs) to be an ethical individual. Yeah. Like you. You're going to be much stronger than if you're just going to be somebody who's harmless
1: or weak. Totally. And, like... You're pretty much just going to be fearful of conflict. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, like... The jewel hit you, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, like, the... I feel, for me personally, when I stopped, like judging people and immediately like having problems or with individuals like those people that probably had problems or judged me like it just bounces off now like I have little fear of judgment since I tried to release my judgment and of course obviously I still judge people Um, but like being aware of how people tend to judge other individuals and like accepting that and realizing that you know people are not always going to try and get on your best side and uh like not letting them take advantage of you is like d- can be the same like without hostility and i didn't realize that for a long time um and so uh, a lot of that i think is just like like self-esteem like if you're comfortable with yourself then you're way more comfortable standing up to other people that's I a good think. point yeah yeah and, you know, and having control of that makes you, like, at least in my personal experience, it made me less aggressive. Like, being way more, uh, or way less self-conscious, like, definitely helped me to avoid uh, hostility and confrontation, for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, like, if
0: confrontation were to arise, then, like, you're comfortable with it. It's not that you're, like, seeking oh, yeah, it out absolutely. or anything. we are like, okay, like, I've, I'm familiar with this. I'm not going to just... Just bow down. Like, okay, don't touch me. Don't
1: hurt me. Yeah. Don't hurt me. Like you're gonna,
0: you're gonna be able to stand up for
1: yourself. Yeah, I got in a lot of fights in high school, and middle school, tons of them, and uh, I don't think that I will never get in a fight again. But I haven't been in a fight in three years, and happy, yeah, and I'm happy with that. Like I just don't like that's not that how I handle things anymore, and I'm comfortable with that. But I guarantee there's going to be a point in time where I am going to, like. Either I have to defend myself or um, feel that it's necessary to, uh, like, you know, not necessarily retaliate, but uh, take things to the next level. But I also have confidence in myself to make that decision when it comes and make the right one. Like, I'm not going to get in a fight just because I'm drunk in one fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, stuff like that, I think, came, like, just like as development as I r- realized you know, my self esteem issues and tried to let go of my judgment and stuff, like it really helped me to avoid those kind of like, confrontational thoughts and okay. that ultimately led to less confrontation. Sounds um, more rational too. Yeah, and yeah, I definitely think like with like all of the good things that have happened to me, like personally, my mental health and esteem and all that have come with intelligence. Uh-huh. I think like in being aware of my surroundings, the people that are like near me, my friends, the way I was raised, family and stuff. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more intelligent. I've gotten more rational, and that has led to greater mental health. Like realizing the problems I have and accepting them, stuff like that. Like just being objective when evaluating yourself is a really important thing uh, because it, like, you can't. The first step to admitting you have a drug problem or an alcohol problem is, or the first step to curing your alcohol or drug addiction is admitting that you have a problem uh-huh. and a lot identifying from, that problem. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. I, identifying it and, and, and admitting it because like, you're never going to change it if you don't think it's real. And so, uh, I think that's a big part that comes from rationality and objectivity. When you look at yourself, like it's a huge, that is a hugely important thing when you're doing self analysis, like, you know, maybe somebody that says something that makes you feel bad about yourself. Well, if you look at yourself objectively, and say it's like, well I don't really care about that part of this person, like this person being mean to me but the thing they're being mean about, I don't really care or pay that much attention to, Um, then you evaluate that in yourself and it's easier to let it go. But whereas like, oh this mean, like if I was the opposite and I was really self-conscious and not rational, I'd be like, oh this mean uh, mean person said something mean about me, uh, that must be wrong, I have to change that. Why haven't I changed that? I feel sad. (laughs) And then you're going to be, like, freaking
0: out how to change it until it's changed. And then you're still – once you do change, you're probably not going to feel satisfied
1: with yourself. Absolutely.
0: It's not, like, who you actually
1: want to be. Yeah, 100%. If you're not honest, then the change you make is the other person's idea of how you should be. And so you're never going to find fulfillment in that way. And I I consider myself very lucky to be in, like, the frame of mind that I'm in uh, with my self-esteem. Because obviously not everybody's like that. And it's not always up to you. Like, like depression is a genetic – yeah, sure. genetic true. disease, and so... A chemical imbalance, apparently. 100%, and so, uh, I obviously, my the problems I faced and the solutions to those problems are not, like, coveralls for everybody's problems, but uh, I, I just think, like, this is what helped me personally because I, I totally, I almost fell down the rabbit hole of, like, self-consciousness and depression, and I totally could have, but um, the way my mindset was framed was not to allow myself to do that, mm. and... Um, and I, I think most of it was under my control. Uh, I feel, and uh, I, I don't think everybody has their own uh, mental health under control. But there's always stuff you, that can be done. There's always good that can come out of advice from another person, even if it doesn't uh, directly affect or directly um, relate to the way somebody else is, like the way you're thinking. Uh-huh. Like I, I think there's always ways to evaluate. Um, what somebody says to better you as a person, like no matter what it is, if it's a conversation about football, like it's a conversation about racism, it's a conversation about life and like stuff like this, there's always something you can get out of knowing somebody else a little more. Because the more you talk to somebody, the more you know and about them and like opening up to fresh perspectives and mm-hmm. new ideas is like. I think a huge part of developing yourself as a person. And I think doing that leads you to objectivity and rationality when evaluating yourself. Like one example is like a lot like small town, like even smaller than like Springfield, like a, say a small white southern town. Like, okay. those are always going to be... tend to be more racist and less educated and people that never leave that section of land that they were born and raised on. Uh-huh. Uh, but... Uh, picture the scenario without the internet. Okay. But then, like, so... To expand your horizon from that, you have to experience different things. Like you could never see a black person and only hear what your racist ass grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad have to say. You're only that you're gonna be a racist. You're gonna think these. Those things. are the beliefs you're gonna adopt. Absolutely, you're gonna think like that. All black people are bad and trying to take advantage, or you know, all the immigrant Mexicans are rapists and killers and all that kind of shit. Like if you don't see that other thing, but I guarantee, if those people were. Like, the, this, these people in this town more educated and, like, maybe even traveled and learned about other people and learned wow. about other cultures. Like, that opens you up so much to, like, analyze, like, well, these are things that are different and, like, things that I couldn't imagine. Uh, like, my preconceived notions of the bad shit that, about these cultures, it's not true at all. Like, it might be true on small-scale levels, and there's obviously anomalies to every single, like... Statistic, uh, but you uh, might be speaking about the minority, yeah, 100%. And uh, it but even the minority offers a fresh perspective, like in I so going like this is all related to my point about like knowing other things from other people can only like further you as a person, I think. Like, even if it's things that you completely disagree with. So, like, referring to people that are different than
0: yourself. Yeah,
1: 100%. Maybe,
0: literally, you could be completely opposite in every single possible way.
1: I could talk to these, like, I could sit down with a person who is my age, not my age, whatever, complete uh, opposite ideals, morals, like, political views uh, from this small town that I agree, like, 0% with. But I can learn stuff from them. I can learn about how they think and I I see how they evaluate things and compare it to how I evaluate things. Maybe they do things better than I do. Maybe they have insight that I don't. And so that is like, you know, something I try to take into every conversation. Like I don't automatically disqualify somebody as you know friend or foe based on a, a, you know, service of quality. Like there's there's a guy specifically that comes in the rec um, who's like, very republican and like pretty annoying about it um but like i'll sit there and have conversations with him uh because he can talk about it and even though a lot of the things i disagree with and i try to show him what's wrong about it and he doesn't change like i learned a lot like about him and how he evaluates the things he sees and stuff like that and uh, kind of see a little bit better where he's coming from absolutely and so it's and it's so like and i think that's such a big part of uh, not only, like, evaluating yourself, but understanding the people around you. Like, it's so much easier to love somebody when you can, even if you disagree, that you can see where they're coming from, like, and understand the way they're thinking. Like, I don't hate this guy because we have complete opposite political views. Um, I, I appreciate him showing me the way he thinks and, like, not being hostile about it. And that's such, like, a rare thing. It's important. That is rare. hundred percent. Like it, you know, Oh, that is rare. Yeah, and it, it's so easy to just, like automatically disqualify somebody based on a service quality trait, whether it's like race, vote abuse, anything. It's so easy to just like discount somebody based on the way they look, the way they talk, anything. Like it, like disagreeing isn't necessarily a bad
0: thing. Yeah, it's not it painful. shouldn't be polarizing. I've never absolutely. never understood that. That's why I me mean personally I've kind of strayed away from the topic of politics because of yeah. how tribal and polarizing uh, absolutely. The, the two sides are, but ultimately they're trying to accomplish the best and they just have different versions of what they think the best is. hundred
1: percent. And like, you know, in seeing that both sides think that's the best, now there's such a lack of like understanding between the two and mm. like uh, a lack of like listening, love and listening. Yeah, that, that's how we got to the point that we are, that every issue is polarizing. You Us know? versus We're on one side. mentality. Absolutely. And that comes from lack of like conversation and understanding of both sides uh, to the other sides. And so... Uh, I think that's a huge problem that has rooted itself, especially in America, is the divisiveness of hate and judgment. So, I... I I guess it breeds competition, which is good. 100%.
0: But, like, how much of that competition is actually benefiting us and how much of it is to just, like... Yeah, absolutely. And, like, is it just to be destructive of that other person and then you're anticipating that other side being destructive to you because you see them as the enemy like
1: yeah if your sole goal is to overpower somebody then like that you can't understand like it's not healthy like unless you understand and like come at it with a like a uh and like in love like you know if uh, in politics like you try to destroy the other side but like you said the main goal is to just help the people help the people that should be your main goal but that's not the goal now it's to help the people who support you and make sure that the people that don't support you are the ones that lose and Um, don't get what
0: they want and so like how much effort do they put in like your average political individual political party whatever how much effort is put into just
1: simply tearing the other side down yeah that's like political ads you see more like uh slander ads than you do ads of support like it's it's the whole goal now. It's, and it kind of sucks that it works, too. Yeah, it does. I, I and it suck. does totally work. Like it keeps people loyal. That's what it does. True. true. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's really sad. But I think... <laughs> I hate to be a total hippie, but, like, you know, you could break it all down to love versus hate. Like, people just don't have enough love and, like, for anybody else. Like, especially if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to love anybody. You're not going to love anybody around you. True. So many people don't love themselves that... It's, uh, the only, like, root thing that they can express is hate. And so, uh, you can express it any number of ways. But I actually, uh... (laughs) Uh, that's a big reason I, uh... I've been talking a lot about Kanye. and About the shitty shed. The shit he said, shitty shed. Um, like...
0: So... (laughs) The, He's talking about off the camera, by the way, talking about Kanye because
1: we we haven't mentioned him at all, like in this podcast. Oh but yeah, yeah, but yeah. He, you yeah, and totally I talk about Kanye yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, I recently, with all the shit that's been going on, and recently meaning this is like two months after he said slavery was a choice. He just like a month ago, a couple weeks ago, released a. Bitch, sh- like, slavery looked like a choice. The uh, like <laughs> that was a terrible Kanye. Kind of yeah, a horrible Kanye. Kind of, <laughs> 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 uh, like the root message, obviously, like, I, I say this to every single person, the shit he said, the slavery was a choice of some of the dumbest shit that's ever been said on live TV, ever. But I, so, side note from the main thing about love and hate, Kanye, like, I was not shocked to see him say that. I read it on a news article, and I was like, alright, I gotta read the whole thing for sure, but I'm not surprised. Because he always says dumb shit, dude. At the Hurricane Katrina, like, Red Cross Raising event, he said that George Bush does not care about black people. On live TV in front of millions of people watching this thing. Like, and before that, he had, like, a minute and a half spiel that was, like, a nervous 24-year-old kid just, like, babbling. And not, not on script. Like, he wasn't saying anything. And then he was like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And all the people remember is that George Bush doesn't care about black people. And he comes off as arrogant and bold and stuff when uh, half a, like, a minute and a half before this, he was stumbling through his words because of how nervous he was. And so he's always been. Kanye was or the other. Kanye person? was. Wow. This is really? Kanye, yeah. And um, Kanye gets nervous. <laughs> <laughs> he has like he has major social anxiety and really, oh, wow. totally. Like I, 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 me and Joe should get on here and just have a Kanye podcast. Oh, absolutely. I, I gave him this. Uh, I gave him a podcast to listen to called "Dissect" about uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. His. Uh, like, masterpiece album. yeah uh-huh. I'm really excited to talk to him about that. But... He told uh, me he was listening to it. Cool, yeah. I was at the rec when he said, uh, yeah, he was gonna listen to a Wally Brand. But, uh, anyways, the message that, like, so Kanye is brutally honest and has always been brutally honest, and so that's why I wasn't surprised that he said that thing, you know, which just tends to speak his mind. Like, the shit about, like, the VMAs, the Taylor Swift shit, uh-huh. like, I, I don't think that should be, like, that is equally as atrocious as the shit he said. But in both instances, he was just like, "This is the way he wanted to portray his message," like, and it was stupid and like not the best for him in the future. Uh, But he wasn't thinking about that right now. Like he's always acted out of like the what he thinks is best, and Mm. so I I never like I didn't automatically hate Kanye because of what he said, even though what he said was wrong and stupid. But circle back the overall message of that whole TMZ article was, like, love needs to Trump hate. Like, there is so much hate and divisiveness that there is no more love. Like, the goal of this, of my message, is to just love yourself and love other people and Mm -hmm. understanding. That's why he wore the MAGA hat. He rapped about it. Like, he wore that hat, not because he supported Donald Trump and what he was doing in politics. The MAGA hat. MAGA. MAGA. Make America Great Again. He wore the hat. Oh, okay, okay. In public a couple times. He did that to break down the like divisiveness of wearing that hat. You see that hat? Like you know that person is I mean probably racist and sexist because the average Trump voter would be. And Or is that just what's associated with the average Trump supporter? Absolutely. Okay, in the same exact sense. And that that message what I just said, that comes from like a base of hate. And so he's trying to get rid of that. Like you see a black man wearing that hat, like Kanye West wearing that hat, and it his goal of that was to break down the like the divisiveness and the hate surrounding it mm. and turning it into understanding and love. And it didn't really work. Obviously, it didn't catch on. I think, like, he wanted it to catch on. But regardless, it that definitely was, went viral, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think he did it for people like me that would understand that and be able to translate the message. But you see that at surface value. You see, in a week, Kanye wearing a MAGA hat and saying slavery was a choice. That, like, there's nothing, nowhere to go but hate for that like surface level it's so easy to hate especially if you don't know Kanye Uh um and so I overall his message of the past like year and a half has been like self love and uh loving everybody else and it's never it's not like it's like displaying the hate that there is in being like almost a martyr of this hate so that he could like show his point of love He knew he was going to get slapped, like his shit slapped for wearing that MAGA hat and Uh, meeting with Donald Trump and saying slavery was a choice and all that, but like he did it because he knew that's what he had to do to get the things he wanted to say out, and like the things he wanted to say are reasonable, and uh, as an artist, that's how he feels he could express it, and so I've got great respect for it Uh, I think I see more than the most people most people, when it comes to depth of that like specific scenario, um, that obviously comes from being a ridiculously big Kanye West fanboy. But, um, <laughs> no and, shame. No shame. Yeah, and maybe I'm a little uh, biased, but I really think like it, I could sit here and talk about it all day about why I think and give evidence, man. Like the coolest thing about Kanye West and the reason so many people are ridiculously huge fans of him. Is because you know who Kanye West is through his music and through his personality like I said he's always brutally honest and that comes with music he raps about his sensitivities he runs about like the hardships he's facing in his life all kinds of things that nobody else raps about like unless they're fake like I he you can know who he is like you listen to college dropout and you know who Kanye was in 2001 you listen to uh, yay, in 2018, you know his state of mind in 2018. Like,
0: Do you like that evolution of his mindset and how you're able to kind
1: of pick up and be absolutely. receptive of who he was at that time? Totally, and you only learn that like every single time you listen to, like even still when I listen to albums that I've heard 20 times through, there's stuff that's like, oh, that makes sense that he would feel that way because I know what the kind of way he's thinking because he is giving me dossiers of information about how he thinks and how he chooses to live his life. And I, I, that's what makes it really easy to be a fan of him and to constantly, like, I don't know it, I don't know if support is the right word, but constantly, um, like, be open to his shit beyond service level, which is hard to do because a lot of the shit he does on service level makes him an insane person. And I think he is an insane person, but... Is there any insanity linked to his creative genius, though? Oh, absolutely. All of his, like, creativeness have come from, like, not only his, like, need to succeed and belief in himself, but, like, tremendous social anxiety and, like, needing to prove himself to other people. Like it... Really? So it's, like, deep rooted in insecurity? Oh, absolutely. Interesting. He, he, there's something he writes about, like, the reason The College Dropout was so big, his first album, the reason Kanye West is the biggest rap icon of the, uh, since rap has started uh-huh. is because he 100% changed the game with the college dropout. Uh, it's probably the most influential rap album of all time. It's, you could even make a case it's the most influential like album over a genre in history. Because like if you rapped in pre-2001, uh-huh. you were either a gangster rapper or you were rapping about conscious stuff that only was going down in the hood. Like, sad stuff that was happening. Like, Tribe Called Quest talked about inequality. Kind of like Nas. Yeah, Nas shit, like that. Like, But you were still, like, it was bars and nothing about yourself unless you were hard. But okay. Kanye West broke it down. He talked about insecurities. He talked about, like, the shit he faced as a college dropout student. Which, you know, rapper went... Like, none of the rappers in the 90s went to college. Like, it, no gangster rappers went to college and shit like that. Like, he changed it and completely altered what was acceptable for rap artists to say and rap about and it made like and he did that because he was honest like he mm. he raps like uh there's a song recently i think it was off uh oh no it, it is it is uh it's all falls down on college dropout and he's like uh he's talking about rappers and he goes we all self-conscious i'm just the first to admit it oh yeah that true and uh what song is that all falls down
0: Someone, all
1: and that was like that was the kickoff he released that single first he released that single and uh, Jesus Walks before and All Falls Down is one of the biggest songs to the 2000s because uh, it opened the door for like a whole new fucking genre of rap Kendrick, J. Cole, Drake like Chance the Rapper all of these people were offshoots because of what Kanye West has done like so <clears throat> That's like, so
0: cool to be able to make that much of an impact and influence on the yeah. industry and open the. I love the idea of somebody else opening the door for somebody else. Totally, and like the the uh, like ripple butterfly effect that falls after Absolutely. that. Absolutely,
1: and like in the thing about him is he's known it. He knew before College Dropout released that he was going to be the biggest rapper in the world. He had that big of an ego then because he knew how good he was. There's an
0: old story with him uh, that Dave Chappelle tells apparently, and Dave Chappelle sitting down, and he's like. You know, the first time I ever realized that Kanye West was going to be, like, who Kanye West is today. Yeah. He's like, I had him on, and we're sitting down talking about, uh, or sitting down with the, doing, some, doing something behind the scenes with the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. And Kanye gets a call in the middle of this, and Kanye answers the phone and goes, yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the Chappelle show right now, I gotta go. And then, it, whatever the person said, he goes, Yeah, because yeah, my life's dope and I do dope shit. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then Dave Chappelle, from that moment on, he's like, Yep, guy, that, that guy's going to be the next big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude.
1: So, one of my favorite Kanye stories is like the biggest, like, the turning point of rap, of uh-huh. gangster rap into conscious rap, which is, you know, Drake, Kendrick, J. Cole. Chance, like rapping by yourself, the things you experience and you think, like outside of you know, killing dudes and getting money. Um, was I think it was, I think it was September 11th, 2008, um, when he released Graduation. So, 50 Cent, it was Kanye's third album, and 50 Cent was huge at the time, he was one of the biggest rappers in the game. Uh huh. And, um, and he was releasing his third album, and they were both on the same, uh, record label and so they had like a marketing like a marketing thing was that like a competition to see who could sell more records or whatever it was like it was innocent and friendly uh-huh. but um but yeah okay, I've, I've heard this but i've heard it was hostile so that's see i i think like i think it was talked up to be but it was mostly it was it the whole thing was a marketing ploy uh-huh. like that, that's what it originated as That's uh, why they were i, I think it was capital that uh oh no no, no, no. capital is one uh it was definitely rockefeller okay Okay. capital Virginia. for the record label yeah absolutely um and like it started with them like they were the ones that were like hyping up this competition because they released it on the same day or whatever and kanye blew him out of the water 50,000 copies more like blew him out of the water it wasn't even close and that was wow. and a lot of people say that was like the turning that was the day rap changed and Kanye West did. Because of that's the more conscious rap versus... Yeah, 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 He was much more conscious and, like, groundbreaking. with Like, every single step of the way, Kanye West has changed the game musically. Like, with College Dropout and Registration, like, he incorporated like, uh, like orchestral instruments and Um, melodies that were never before in rap like he had adam levine sing a super high-pitched like chorus for heard him say like shit like that so the
0: old school stuff he throws in there
1: as well yeah totally like until like then you get to graduation and he's the first person in rap to sample techno music like stronger that was a uh, daft punk song
0: yeah yeah and uh i remember somebody getting mad about that before like you know he stole that right and but, like, no, he's just he's just borrowing yeah, it. It's just that. how rap works. sampling has been around. It's just how creativity it's works, nice. man, isn't it? Yeah. You're just kind of building off of people, like... Absolutely. Like I, I think that's cool. I think that's, that's, I think that's really
1: Absolutely. cool. I think sampling is one of the coolest things that, like, a lot, like, rap has done. It's,
0: it's like, like, yo, I appreciate what you did over here so much that I'm going to borrow it, use a little bit of it, alter it in my own artistic way, yeah. put my own creative spin on it,
1: and then throw it out to the people, see yeah, what happens. Absolutely, yeah, I think I think it's super dope. And like, you know, he, he continuously innovated the way like what sampling is done. Like, Life of Pablo is not widely accepted; it was one of his best, but it's one of my personal favorites. And like, he used a ton of gospel samples in that one and then chance releases an album three months later that is basically just a gospel album like with rap in and like stuff like that it always follows Kanye wow. always it always does and uh and so i got mad respect for him as an artist and you know a uh a skeptical admiration for him as a person <laughs> how so a lot of the shit he does is crazy and irrational. and uh, Or is it the hype up is He's very good at getting attention on himself. So. Yeah, it, it, I think that was a big argument with when this shit was going on, the slavery was a choice and the MAGA hat shit. Like, uh-huh. he was just trying to get publicity for his album. But it... Like I said, you tend to get to know Kanye the more you learn about him, the more you listen to his music. And it that does not at all seem like the case. Like, you know he doesn't... He doesn't need to get publicity for his album because it's mm-hmm. going to be one of the top albums in the world when it releases. Like, that's never been his focus is the publicity of building up his new album. When the Taylor Shit... Taylor... Taylor... Taylor Shit. (laughs) T-Swizzy. T-Swizzy. When when that shit happened at the VMAs, uh, he didn't release an album for two years. Like, then he came out with a masterpiece. But he didn't do any press before that. He just, like, released it. Like, he wasn't doing the VMAs as a stunt to get more viewers, he did it because he felt like that was the thing to do. In the same way, that saying that slavery was a choice shit and wearing the MAGA hat was just the thing he wanted to do. And also, he happened to be working on an album at the time and then would release it. Like, And that was a huge thing that got brought up to me because this tended to be a type of conversation in the circles I was in when it was going down. And, uh, and so that was often brought up. I
0: actually have to get ready for class, but what's your... Okay we'll end it on this mm-hmm. what's your biggest takeaway from Kanye West you could say as a person his music uh, a philosophy to live by because I've definitely learned a lot yeah. of uh, a lot
1: of really awesome qualities I guess you'd yeah. say sometimes uh, it's really helpful to have a ego and a big ego like he the, one of the, my favorite things that Kanye's ever said and he said it I think before Yeezus got released was uh uh when you listen to my music you're not a fan of Kanye West you're a fan of yourself mm. like that, that's that's a great quote like, he, I love that and that's totally what I feel like when I listen to that shit like uh, you know I'm not like oh man Kanye's mad real it's rapping about all this shit it's like I feel it man I feel confident like I want to go out there and like you know I want to be Kanye West and just be super kind right yeah wow. like shit like that like it just it, I it want that kind of feels. confidence Absolutely. I want that kind of confidence and even just having a sliver of that that he instills in you through his music that's the point of his music is to instill that like confidence and aura about you so <laughs> I, like, that's, that's, that's that is my biggest takeaway from the whole thing like you know like I said I have a skepticism about him as a person uh, but the way he's made me feel like in uh, the shit he's done for me and my confidence level like I, I could never not respect him for that
0: that's absolute bananas. That his intention is to make you feel better, and that's what he yeah, does.
1: Absolutely, and it's such a misconception, it, like around him, because of like like I said, all the surface level shit. And surface level, he looks like an asshole who doesn't care what anybody thinks. But True. that's not at all the man behind the story.
0: Well, That's a good point. Most people that state that opinion about Kanye, they usually don't yeah. have a full comprehension. Absolutely, or but they still listen to his music.
1: I guarantee there's no gold digger word for word people that say that. True. So, I, I, I'll never forget
0: the time I I was first time I listened to Champion. It was actually like it was a, it's a new song to me probably past year or two, and uh, I was running on the track here at Most State, and mm-hmm. I just started doing laughs, I was like, and you realize you are a champion. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm terrible at singing, but I won't. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I just I'm like yeah yeah. I just started going. I yeah. just, you know like like if you ever ran and like you just feel it like totally. Like it, it's it's a good like almost like endorphin rush whatever totally. you want to call it it's a good feeling it's like a runner's high with
1: yeah. it just sparked that energy and uh, Dude, I got drive to, to run it's funny you say that I short story and in my gym in uh, O'Fallon when I go home they have a like a movie theater oh. audio room and <laughs> one time a secretary was playing. Uh, and like it was the final race while I was like finishing up my run, and like uh-huh. that was the biggest fucking motivation. I was like, "You hey. fucking stride, Pat!" Shit like that, like. But that's that's exactly the oh, way I feel listening and Kanye. Like graduation, that's that's all that album. Like graduation is Kanye's happiest album, I think, because it's just like he's finally gotten what he's wanted, and it's like, all about his success and his love and like how cool everything is around him, and he's just happy. And I love that about that album. That's one of my favorites because of that.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Cool. So you, you want to call it quits on yeah, this? Yeah, sure, man. I got to take a shit.
1: <laughs> and I
0: got to take a piss, honestly. You got you to hold in, like, your your basic human needs on this thing, man. Like, yeah. you know, my bladder's gotten stronger. Yeah, dude, my throat
1: is really bad. It's it milking milk in me. <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. Do you drink almond milk or normal milk? Normal milk. But I don't Shame have Shame on you. Against- Whatever.
1: <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of worship for the environment.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, I man. I would shake Everyone's your hand, but you're uh, yeah, sick I'm as sick fuck, so. You want to open the jewel? <laughs> I might just have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, cool. Juices. See ya.